Okay, so uh, tonight um, is the second uh, episode of Expository Preaching uh, Voices in the Wilderness. And joining me uh, for our discussion is my friend, my brother, uh, Pastor Moses S. Gordon III. Uh, he is, uh, he hails from the Crescent City uh, of New Orleans. Uh, where he the passed. only city in Louisiana. The only city, <laughs> the <laughs> only city, he said, in, in Louisiana. Uh, and uh, he pastors the Greater Pleasant Green Church and the First African Church 6th District. Uh, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a friend, and uh, I'm excited to have him join us for this episode. Welcome, my brother. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm, listen, we worked through some some uh, technical difficulties, uh, <laughs> but we're here, but we're here to uh, to have this uh, discussion tonight um, and to uh, hopefully uh, help some people who will listen and uh, just just have some conversation. Um, our subject tonight and our our, our uh, episode tonight is entitled uh, "A Gospel of Health in a Sick Creation." And uh, I asked Pastor Gordon and and some friends uh, a while ago uh, about some topics that we could talk about, and he suggested this topic, and that's why he's on here uh, uh, on with me uh, in this particular episode uh, because we wanted to get his thoughts on on uh, this 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 healthy gospel and this sick creation. Um, so I did a little digging, Pastor Gordon, did a little digging and uh, ran across Romans 8. Romans 8, uh, 22 through 23, uh, where it talks about the whole, the whole creation groaning together in the pains of childbirth unto now. Uh, mm -hmm. That that was that was the first part of it, the whole of creation, but then Paul says not only the whole of creation, uh, but we ourselves, uh, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So could 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 you speak to could you speak to this idea of creation groaning um, um, for? Um, as in pains of childbirth un until now, can you can you speak to that? Um, well, I, I think that is a, a, a unique image that Paul decides to use to illustrate uh, the tension that exists between spirit and flesh. Okay, and I think that is one of his. Uh, that is one of the themes he, he begins, he begins, well, doesn't begin Romans 8. You know, that's a constant theme throughout Paul and Romans. But in Romans 8, he talks about walking according to flesh as opposed to walking according to the spirit. And so that's a that's a motif in that in that chapter. And he, he chooses to use this idea of groaning and then childbirth. Hmm. And it's the idea of of um, of the pains associated with renewal, with the new coming out of something something old, if I can say it. Yeah, yeah. And that that way, and he he 
he, he describes the tension of spirit and flesh that way to suggest that the two, there's tension between the two. Hmm. And, uh, and, and, and then, you know, he uses the word groan, which is a very, uh, which gives voice to the pain, the uneasiness that exists between the two. And, 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 and so. Between the spirit and flesh. Mm, yeah, and we all—I mean, we 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 both know, you know, we we've seen people groan, <laughs> groan in pain, yeah. and you and I both uh, have children, and so we've seen, we've seen. Yeah. Listen, we groan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, and, and we've seen, you know, we've seen that 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 pain in childbirth. Um. That that women go through, and 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 I, whew, I, I listen, man. I told, I said, look, I don't. <laughs> he gave us some kind of strength, man. He gave us some kind of strength. Don't want no part of it. No part <laughs> of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want. I don't want any. Which, uh, my hour, and it's funny you you talk about that. My experience with childbirth was different than the natural, yeah. in that my my baby came at twenty four weeks prematurely. But uh, uh, but even even in that, you know, there was a tension, there was a wrestling, there was an uneasiness, and it's the tension between the new life and the old life, gotcha. the, the old life not being my wife, being old life, but right. something new being birthed out of something that exists that already. is already right, and right. and there is there is a uneasiness, there's a pain, uh, and Paul uh, decides to use that metaphor. Um, in in Romans eight to talk about the tension between the the flesh and the, and the spirit. Okay, um, so so Paul also says in Second Corinthians five and two, he says, uh, "For this for for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling." Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's that it's that tension between two worlds between two realms between between two realms of existence you know and, and i mean even you know even in the in the romans 8 text man you you making me pull out my bible for this pull it out, man. pull it out man. pull it out <laughs> but, <laughs> but no but no but even listen even in in the romans 8 text he he talks about he emphasizes he says that even we too <laughs> right you know Right, you know, those of us, those of us who are, who are being saved, we we experience we experience this tension of of living in between two realms of of, of living between the the temporal, the eternal, the 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 natural, the spiritual. Uh, Paul likes that word "grow." <laughs> yeah, because he uses it. Um, he uses it more than one, and man. We, and we know when we see that in a text, um, it's 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 worthy of some more digging. <laughs> and, and and then in two separate places, it's interesting. You do bring up the Corinthians piece because in two separate places, he uses the same word to describe the same thing in two different letters. You mm. know. Albeit in Romans, it's the tension between flesh and spirit in that existence. But then in the Corinthian text, it's the difference between our life in this world <laughs> and our existence in the next world. In the next world, 
And so even in even in two different texts, the idea is the same. The usage is, is the same. The idea is the same that, that you know, uh, John Stott, you know, calls preaching an event, an event where we stand in between two worlds. If I can just expand, uh, expand on Stott, we live between two worlds. Between two worlds. And that and that it that brings about a groaning, you know, a, a groaning, a desire. Uh, Paul says in Romans eight in particular that as we grow in the spirit, there is a desire, a longing to go that. home, to go home. Man. <laughs> uh, 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 but but you know you know so it just hey it is what it is. Yeah yeah and so and so we have to keep. You know, we have to keep all of this in the, in, you know, as we're being saved, you know, and so we have to keep this in, in a proper perspective. The old man, the old saints would say, "This, this world is not our home. We're strangers mm-hmm. passing through." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't know all the stuff that we that we studied, but their theology was sad. <laughs> right, right, you know, right, and it was birthed by, in many ways, by their experience as a people in this country. Right, right. Which positioned them to really understand the metaphors of Christian theology. That's mm-hmm. an interesting thing about African Americans in America and our cultural appropriation of Christian doctrine. That our experience in this country was an experience of living between. <sighs> yeah, we live between. And so we oh, understand yeah, more, we understand more so than a lot of other people and appreciate the language of in between this because we grown. <laughs> and so when we hear Paul talk about the groaning, <laughs> groaning is, is inherent to our, our spiritual experience in America. So, um, you know, I, I'm always keen for those points of identification between Language that was in many ways beyond our foreparents, uh-huh. but in many ways near to them through their experience. Through their experience. Through their experience. So and 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 that groaning for a better day. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. those hymns and those those anthems and those things of that nature were were were, were born out of that groaning uh for for, for a better day. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and Paul, for Paul, particularly in Romans, it's metaphor. It's 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 you know motif. His his motif is is metaphor. But for us, man, this is lived experience. Lived experience. Yeah, lived experience. Lived experience. So 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 uh, so, bro. Uh, he, God has charged us to 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 go into all the world. He's charged us to go into all the world and proclaim a healthy gospel to a sick creation in the midst of some of the most trying times. I mean, we've been in the midst of <laughs> we've been in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. And yet the charge has not changed. Our marching orders has not changed. Right. Um, speak, speak, speak to that, man. Speak, speak to, speak to how, how, how do we, you know, now that we, we've, 
I, we're not through the pandemic. We're, 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 you know, we're getting to on the other side of it. But post-pandemic uh, and the church, what, 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 what are your thoughts on that? Um, healthy gospel, sick world. Well, I mean, let, let's take the metaphor from Paul, the, 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 the Christian who is being renewed day by day. If I can borrow some of his language from Corinthians okay. groans because he is living in, he or she is living in a creation that is deteriorating day by day. And, and, and so now that tension lives in the relationship between the gospel, the church and the pandemic, mm -hmm. because the pandemic is another manifestation of the deterioration of creation. Of creation. Gotcha. You know, now, um, that's a. I, I, re, I realize that some people would take, uh, find exception or take exception to that. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's just it's just a part of the fallen world that we're living in, and the idea that we are redeemed creatures in a world that is yet to be redeemed. That's why the the language that Paul talks about is the yearning and the longing for something. Yeah. It, 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 and part of that yet to be redeemed creation is the reality of pandemic. Hmm. And it, it, it's, it's, it's the reality of the manifestations of that deterioration. Uh, the creation all in, in Old Testament prophecy, you take Isaiah or even in New Testament, let's say Revelation, you know, which Revelation and Isaiah do have a, a link uh, in a number of ways. But, you know, apocalyptic or eschatologically, the creation is always the future thing to be redeemed. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it, it's, always, it's always the people will be redeemed leading forward to the redemption of the creation. The, the redemption of the, cre of the creation doesn't happen in Revelation to Revelation 21. All things are made. So then we have to deal with the brokenness of this world across a number of different, you know, um, uh, uh, spectrums. Yeah. And I think the pandemic now is a manifestation of that. Yeah. If you're going to have a, if you're going to have a theocentric worldview, a, 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 theo, a, a, a worldview of God as creator actively working on the stage of human history to bring about and salvation of humanity pointing us to eternity well that you know the idea of brokenness of creation that's just a part of it in the pandemic in and of things it just fits into that yeah and uh and so i now that becomes context for the gospel hey, that that in that in that brokenness we are a people who are being redeemed for a redeemed world. <laughs> we are being made new for a new world that's being made for us. Yeah. And that now becomes, you know, the, I wish I knew how to express myself better. 
I, re- I really do. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. That I, I just can't really get this out like I want to get it out. Yeah. But I think the the pandemic being the another manifestation of the brokenness of creation now is another one of those things that sets the stage for the gospel. If we'll truly preach it, if we'll preach all of it. Hmm. <laughs> so. So you answer you 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 pretty much answer my next questions about um, because there's nothing wrong with the gospel. The gospel is 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 uh, is not unhealthy at all. Um, um, the, the gospel is the gospel. not unhealthy. Yeah. Now yeah. many things masquerading as the gospel hmm. are are very unhealthy. Are unhealthy, right? But, but the gospel itself. And so, and so we have to, you know, and I think you spoke to some of how we effectively communicate um, the gospel to uh, this this six this sick creation, and that the pandemic is a manifestation of a broken world, and and we're being we're being renewed, we're being redeemed for a world that's being prepared for us. Yeah. And so, and so that's, you know, that's, that's where some of that, we shouldn't be comfortable here. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 We shouldn't be comfortable. Listen, I, I tell my church from time to time that, you know, I, I'm, I'm leery about this because, you know, I'm a young man, young wife, young family, you know, but it, listen, it's just some days where it's like, Lord, I'm selfish. I know that you want to say, but come, come on. I want to. I want to. I want to go there. Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah, come, Lord Jesus. And and you're right. You, I mean, we have those thoughts, bro. I, you know, where we want to live a long time. We want. We want to see our children grow. Uh, yeah. We want. We want to. We want to have grandchildren. I mean, those type. Those things we think about. Yeah. And yeah. we. I mean. You know, then there are those other times when I'm like, I'm just like, come on, <laughs> come on. So, so, and sometimes, I'm, sometimes it's selfishness. Yeah, because I'm like, come on to just prove all these people that say that this is foolishness. Just, just shut them down. Yeah. Now it's almost like a a Jonah. I don't want to say Jonah esque, but like I'm just tired of seeing these people thumb their fate, their finger in your face. Yeah. Come on down here. Come on down from the cross and just show us what you can do for a minute <laughs> to, to set all of these fools and all these, you know, crazy people, these atheists, these people, these just come on, set it all in order. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and then there's, there's some of it that, you know, there's that Gardner Taylor idea of every preacher ought to have a reverent agnosticism. Come on, because I want to see it. <laughs> To deal with those, to deal with those things. So, hey, it is what it is, man. Yeah. So, um, knowing this, man, um, how do we how do we continue to offer? How do we continue to offer hope when there's so much happening? I mean, politically. Because we talked about, you know, creation being broken in, in several facets. Uh, politically, 
socially, economically, man, in, in, in our communities, what we as um, black men this be, mm. um, are dealing with. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, 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 do, how, how do we continue to offer hope? Oh man. Um boy, that's a loaded question. Um first of all, I just think about Jesus talking to his disciples in John 14, 15, and 16, and particularly how he says, I, I I'm I'm telling you these things that are gonna happen to you, um, so that when it happens, you won't be alarmed. You know, you, you won't be you won't be alarmed. You won't be moved to a place of hopelessness. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm telling these things to you so that, you know, your joy can remain full. You know, even when when life is trying to it, it seems like, you know, things are going crazy. So I think one of the things that we can remind people is this, that, you know, God is. God is not alarmed. He's not surprised. You know, it, it doesn't mean that God is not concerned. God, God, listen, these things are turning your world upside down, but they're not surprises to God. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and, and, and um, I, I think we, we, we begin there. I, I think we, we also have to, we also have to deal with the real questions that people have about things you've been we've been preaching to people maybe not me and you but i mean we've been preaching to people that you know if you trust in god and you never get sick and you'll never have no adversity you never have hardship everything is gonna work out in the end i mean tell that to the to the almost 10 folk <laughs> that i had to take to the cemetery this year yeah. who were believing and trusting in the lord yeah you know I think that this is a, a time for us to to really it's an opening for us to get real about the what the real gospel says. Real. <laughs> you know, real. that some of this candy coated stuff is has been exposed and and it, it, it's not that God has failed. It's just that you, you've been listening to a sugar coated gospel that haven't prepared you for a real world. But the gospel does that. And God is not you, you know, God is not um, taken by surprise by this thing. You know, he's still sovereign. Yeah. He's still right. And he offers hope even in the middle of what seems to be a hopeless situation. Man, you just touched you just touched on 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 something that I that I was gonna hit on. God's sovereignty. Yeah. God's sovereignty, man. And and there are people who 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 think and even say that if he's the creator, if God is the creator and, and uh, because the Bible, the Bible tells us we have, we can see his, his attribute, his eternal power and divine nature is clearly perceived in what we see in creation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but if he's so sovereign, if he's got, you know, all this power and he's so good, then why why is creation so sick and seemingly out of control? Yeah. And now now you're really getting into the the real depth of people's questions. 
You know, if God is so sovereign and so good, why is he letting this happen? Why is God standing idly by and and, and doing nothing? And I I think of that that's that's something that I mean it's easy to say that meant to, to to come to the conclusion that God is doing nothing from time. Mm. Like uh I heard uh 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 a statement made by T.D. Jakes. And I mean, I, I really, he surprised me with this one. He, <laughs> he, he was speaking about death, but he said that death is only an emergency when viewed from time. Hmm. You know, and that death looks a whole lot different from eternity. You know, and I think that that this kind of goes back to Paul's we now see through a glass darkly. You know, we only know what we know. Yeah. We only can process what we see. And uh, and so uh, God's, you know, God is still sovereign when God is not just sovereign when all things are working together for your good. <laughs> God is sovereign because all things. All things. All things. <laughs> yeah. God, all, all things work toward his sovereign purpose, you know, and sometimes those all things are painful things, you know, uh, sickness, you know, uh, uh, heart, heartbreaks. Um, while, listen, while God may be the efficient cause of all things, God works all things together for his purpose because now that then moves you to the question of is God the author and the cause of evil? Does God does does God permit X Y Z? And while all things may not be directly uh, uh, um, uh, directed by God, they are purposed according Perfect. to His according to His wisdom, His foreknowledge, His providence. And so, sovereignty is the sovereignty of God is not something that we can just claim when we want all things to work together for our good. good. Sovereignty of something, the sovereignty of God is something that we have to live in and recognize that all things working together according to his purpose, his wisdom, his knowledge, the good, the bad, the pleasant, all things are working. He worked, uh, I think Paul said to the church at Ephesus, he works all things according to the counsel of his, his, his will. <laughs> oh, the counsel of his, his, his purpose. I think it's Ephesians, just off the top of my head, I think it's Ephesians 1, 10, chapter 1 and verse 10 or 11. That God works all things together according to the counsel of His His, his will, His purpose. So, I, I I beg to you know I asked my church just a couple Sundays ago. So we we quote we quote Romans eight and twenty eight so much, and I'm like, do you do you really when you when you're saying that do you are you really believing that all? <laughs> I say all is all. It encompasses the good and the bad. Are you are you really saying that you believe? You know that all things are, that that comes like you said with the pleasant, the unpleasant, the good. The, I mean, that's all encompassing. All encompassing, man. You know, boy, you want to talk about what a, a verse that we like to sever from its its textual neighborhood to apply. Uh, times unresponsibly to all, all situations. All things work together for my good. Well, let's talk about what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 8. 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? God's sovereign purpose in the great work of redemption. <laughs> How he works all, you know, that's not, this is not who you broke up with me, but all things going to work together for my good dog. <laughs> God ain't that silly. <laughs> you know, so um, I'm just, hey. So, but the pandemic, the, the this is a time where the gospel, the light of the gospel can shine clearly, I think. In the this, of this moment, and in the cloudy, the cloudiness of our of our actions, and uh, if, we, if we proclaim it, um, that this is a this is a great time to be a gospel preacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I, I think um, I think one of the things uh, for us to focus on is 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 not. Uh, when is it going to be over? But what we can learn um, from it, you know, the and and how do we take advantage of what has happened? Um, yeah. You know, uh, I one of the things, you know, it every one of us were put on a on an even <laughs> an even platform. Our our sanctuary is emptied. Uh, oh yeah, and us in yeah. front of a camera. We are all mega pastors. All of us, all of us. Um, and, and I, I had to share with with a, with a friend, man. Just you know, you 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 got to your perspective, and you've got to just think about the opportunities that God has given us to to share the gospel in this season. Yeah, and uh, take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing about this season, uh, I, I was uh, I was sitting uh, at lunch with a gentleman um, who is a a visitor, and he is a he is a believer, but he was struggling uh, with his faith, and he was struggling with the church. Um, and one of the things that he said that it, it, he just began to feel like he went to a, a kind of larger church uh, in this area. And he, he felt like it was just like a production. Mm. It was everything was like a production. And the production was geared toward putting that offering envelope in my face. And uh he just kind of had begun to grow a little bit this this gruntled with the message that he was hearing on Sunday and the and the production of it. But he said to me, he said, during the pandemic, the production didn't work anymore. <laughs> He was like, when when guys were up there and the church was empty, their, their tricks didn't work anymore, you know. And and I told a, I told a friend of mine, I said, if you were preaching before the pandemic, you could preach through the pandemic, you know. If you weren't preaching for the applause, yeah. If you weren't you weren't addicted to the response, yeah. Um, uh, if 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 in your preaching you really were trusting God. Uh, to make a connection with people in a way that was internal, unseen, and authentic, then if that's how you approach preaching um, before the pandemic, then you were able to preach during the pandemic because you didn't get the response in the sanctuary, but but the silence didn't intimidate you, but the silence didn't in any way um, put your fire out. Yeah. Um, 
you and then you you trust God preaching to make that connection to make the internal invisible authentic connection in in the pandemic that's all we had to rely you weren't gonna see somebody getting up walk down the aisle you don't even know if the people that you were preaching to on the other side of the camera were really engaged, engaged. throughout the entire throughout the whole message right absolutely all you had to do was just rely on the fact that the power of God was going to be at work to make a connection at a level and in a point and in a place that you could not see. Because the, the truth is, bro, we, we couldn't, you can't rely on that number of views that they say you got oh. three seconds, man. Yeah. It's, it's three seconds. And, and so, I, you know, I heard somebody say that, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're not, you know, we're not in competition. I'm never in competition with anybody, but, um, you've got to be engaging because it's not just you. Right. I mean, they could click on, you know, somebody. <laughs> they they hear you three seconds go hear somebody else three seconds. Listen, I got a lady in my church right now. She's she's almost eighty years old, and uh, she jokes with me. Um, uh, we've gone back to in person, and she she jokes with me that during uh. During the pandemic, she had dual membership between our, our church and the Church Without Walls in Houston, Texas. <laughs> oh, man. So, Absolutely. Well, hey, just as long as you pay your tithe here. I, know that. <laughs> I, I think I need, what you, I need what you got a little bit more than Dr. West needs. Dr. West, I understand. Yes, sir. You don't hear me. So, yeah, I think that, and, and that's a part of Healthy preaching in a, in, a, in a sick world, you know, that solid preaching, sound preaching can withstand the shifts of the moment. Hmm. You know, it can withstand the shifts. Uh, it can withstand the shifts of the moment. You know, if 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 you have entertainment based preaching or if, if your preaching was to uh, the goal of your preaching was to move people to this emotional response you know at the end where listen you 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 weren't getting any of that kill them they doesn't want to kill them doc hey but but listen that that's what we use in our you know but then you got these other places and i've had the opportunity to go preach where you stand up to preach and the lights go down and it's like the mood is being set and then, then as soon as the, the sermon is coming to this class the lights go back up and you want people to come down the aisle crying and and you know the guitar starts playing, and yeah. you know I don't know if we about to extend the invitation or if church has turned into an episode of The Bachelor on ABC. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> you know. But you know you can't, you can't, you know the, the the production is gone, and now you have to really, really just got to preach, man. <laughs> you got to preach the book as best you can. Preach the book. Preach the book, man, and and that's you know that's my my um my cognate in this D men program that I'm in is expository preaching, and man, so it's 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 you know exposing what's it preach the text. I, I was I was talking to an elder sage at one of the meetings, man, and he 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 talked about you know quit trying to make you can't make everything rhyme. You know, you, you, this all oh, right. this 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 all there, and it's listen. He said, "Man, just 
preach, preach what's there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just just preach what's there, and, and, and sometimes we force that stuff, man. Oh yeah, 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 and you know, I mean, but certain people, and I understand that comment, but certain people just are doing what they know how to do. Yeah, you know, particularly when it comes to alliteration. Yeah, um, and and you do force it, and you do you do take the text and make it fit your alliteration scheme instead of giving the text room to breathe and to, I call the alliteration, I mean, coming down here in South Louisiana, I call uh, those alliteration methods sometimes building a levy around the text. You know, you, you trying to direct, you know, that's what we did with the Mississippi river down here. Yeah. You know, we have, we have levy systems to direct the river where we want it. Where you wanted to go. You know, and I think that sometimes we make that mistake in preaching that we want to we want to direct the text where we want it to go by our however alliteration we've come up with instead of getting out of the way. You know, who said that you have to have these four alliterated? How about this? How about we do this and let this let this guide what we do? Just read the verse and, and explain it. Yeah, man, one of the things that's blessed me, you, you know, you know, seminary doesn't teach how to pastor, especially not uh, the people. No, say, go on, say it. Go on, say it. <laughs> it don't teach you how to pastor. But, man, one of the things, one of the things that's blessed me, man, is, is, is some of those classes that have taught me how to uh, diagram uh, and take a verse and just break it apart bit by bit and 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 allowing your points to come from that yeah you know yeah. it's been i mean it has helped me uh tremendously and 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 the professor saying you know what if there's just two things there to say just say two things just say those two things don't feel like you gotta have a third point yeah yeah if yeah. there's two points just say those two things or or how about this don't even feel like you have to have a point. And, and this oh. is, and I know this sounds crazy, but if, if you're, if you're proposition driven in your preaching, let's, if you're proposition driven, that is that you take a text and you are going to uh, state a thesis statement from the text. Uh, different people call it different things. Yeah. Uh, some will call it a thesis statement. Uh, an thing. idea. Sermon idea, I think some will call it sermon in a sentence, whatever. Yeah. You know, if, if you're gonna state, if you're gonna state that, then state your big idea and then just go about explaining it. Yeah. You know, just just go about. So I think one of the shifts that has happened in my preaching during this, I, I just wanted to become clear. I want I, I wanted to be clear in, in my preaching. And we've in the course of the pandemic, we've um, we put screens in our church. Okay. Now listen, I know that sounds late. I know I'm late to the party, but you gotta understand I have a small traditional congregation yeah. here in New Orleans. Some things that other congregations take for granted, there's some smaller congregations where it's just a major deal. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it was a major deal. We, we, we put screens in our sanctuary and in the, in the, um, for the sermon moment, I, uh, I begin the sermon 
with what I call a sermon in a sentence. And I tell my members, if you cannot remember all of whatever I share with you today, remember this me. is the one this is the one sentence that communicates what I'm going to be trying to share with you today. And everything else that that I say after that is about that that proposition. Gotcha. Sometimes it comes out in points, sometimes it doesn't. Gotcha. You know, sometimes it's just taking the text and just saying, okay, now verse eight says blah, 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 blah. And this is what in verse nine means, you know, it's just So we've got to be we've got to be open to flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 You know, and and then the next thing, and particularly in as preachers and Several of my friends have, have helped me with this. Stop trying to write sermons that we think other preachers would approve of. <laughs> and write sermons that, that, that are true to the text and can be understood by our people. You know, you don't, you're not auditioning for the late night of the National Baptist Convention every, every Sunday morning. You know, write, write this. And you're right. This sermon may not be a sermon that I take when I go preach somewhere else and it just, as you say, you know, kills the house or whatever. But this is what it's going to take to explain this verse of scripture in a way that the people who are sitting in this pew on Sunday morning, that they can understand. Yeah. They don't care that it's how it sounds in the Greek. They don't care what it, this, this, this is, this is the word in it. They really don't. All, all that means is that you, got a greek dictionary it don't mean it don't even mean you went to greek class yeah, yeah, yeah. it just means that you went to the bookstore and picked up a little greek dictionary and they don't and i use it like look gumbo you never eat gumbo ingredient by ingredient you know you mix it up uh. and people are interested in the finished product so don't tell me what the greek what the greek word is apply that in your presentation of a principle from this passage yeah and so I mean, I, and I think part of healthy preaching in a sick world is, is clear preaching. Clear preaching. You know, preaching clearly, you know, uh, and, and preaching intentionally, being intentional about the truth that we're going to proclaim and being so intentional about it that we want to make it as clear as we can. Yeah. For, for the folks, you know, that, that oh, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, take that into consideration. The people that's sitting there, yeah, and the age differences of the people that's sitting there, and they don't think they don't think like preachers. Yeah, they don't. You know, they they don't. They're just trying to. They're just trying to get. They're just trying to negotiate the tension of the groaning. Hmm. You know, when somebody's groaning, they don't need you. When somebody's sick in the hospital bed, that that pregnant woman who's groaning about to give childbirth, she doesn't need that doctor to come in that room and give her the medical breakdown of what the cause of the groaning is and and tell no she needs a doctor to come in and tell me how I can deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> how I can manage this. Yeah. How can I make sense out of this groaning? Yeah. You know, and 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 and, and, and what is God saying and doing? You know, what does this mean for my life? Yeah. You know, and so you know, I, I think that that's just our challenge. So, well, bro, <clears throat> thank you so much. Thank you for having a little yeah, preacher like me. The disclaimer is, I'm not all educated like you. Come on, man. 
I'm working on it. I told I told you to stop that. <laughs> working on it, man. Listen, man, I don't want y'all to believe any. I don't I'm proud of you, man. You're saying right now, you are, and you are a great source. And I've told you this. Um, I've told you this personally. You are a great source of inspiration to me. You know, uh, as as I'm, you know, uh, continuing on. So I, I, look, I ain't blowing smoke in your face, man. You I know, I'm not all like you, man. I keep, you, know, you are an inspiration to a lot of people like me who are trying to that. achieve what you're, you're working toward. I appreciate that. And uh, listen, y'all, uh, Pastor Gordon is is a um, a a wonderful mind um, and a wonderful um, a preacher. Um, and he's 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 been with me. On one occasion, we got to get him back to the city uh, again. <laughs> got to get him back to the city again. My kids say we look alike. We 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 broke because we just saw one of the bald heads and everything, and it was like you know, hey, you know. <laughs> Man, I'm a yellow, I'm a high yellow preacher from the I'm from the seven ward, New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, bro, thank you so much for for this. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me, bro. Sharing your thoughts on this, man. All the best to you. Okay, man. You be good, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Good deal. All right.